the church. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I come before you, Lord, recognizing that you are supreme in authority. Your power is great in the heavens and the earth, and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men. Father, I boldly approach your throne yet again, this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride, the church. Your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God, so let the church bear the greatest indictment. Because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature, all men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting, yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, of people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth, while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears, and through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. 
We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines and decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and forgiveness and refuse to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin, as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back, and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth. That through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith, it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past and wipe away all condemnation. For through our sin, we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance, his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you, 
and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry, that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name, that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived. Let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth, preaching the word in and out of season and making no provision for the flesh, while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we will, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you, that we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit that we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. 
I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure until the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble, and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says, obedience is better than sacrifice and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen.
Heal the land. I tell you. That's right. And you, we know we've been running late tonight, but we've had technical difficulties. Well, you know, the devil is busy. I you know, know when you're trying to do the Lord's work, the devil, he, 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 he steps right in there and like, uh-uh. No, right. you're not. But you know, God is good. God is good. You know, you you, you say, uh-uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do what I do anyway because the Lord want me to do it. See, he steps in there and tries to stop you. But, you know, technology is what it is. Sometimes you get in there and things It works go, and then it don't work. <laughs> and it, yeah, you know, it just, but you, you don't let that stop you. you you keep on good thing. Uh, we know how to do our own little thing, get things back to working, and we ain't gotta right. have somebody else to do it. We go ahead and work with it and get, and it, get, back, it, done. get it back into our operation and go ahead and do what we gotta do. That's and, right. And don't nothing stops the show. So we here and ready to go. And sorry about being a little late, but you know that's the way it happened. But we still here with the word of God. All right, and if you just joined us, it's your first time you are listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we're going to be studying prayer, healing, and restoration. Amen to that. And I tell you, that's it's a great thing. God is he's a good God. And if you don't know it, you will know. That's right. We're going to uh, James chapter 5. And verse 16, confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, and your sins, and pray also for one another, that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Amen. Amen to that. I tell you, it, 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 God's word is good. And it's good. I'm telling That's you. That's right. I'm the righteous, the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yes, it does. So people are fascinated by the miraculous and the magical. They often are drawn to such things as spec spectacles or matters of curiosity nothing more. So when Jesus was asked to perform a miracle merely for entertainment, we're going to look in Luke. Luke chapter 23 verse 8 and 9. Now when he rides, let me know when you're there. Okay, I am I'm busy here. Thank you. Uh, Luke chapter 23. Okay, I'm going to get busy. I'm keeping my mind on one thing here. I keep uh, getting, Luke, it, getting it to. Luke chapter uh, 23. 23, okay, now I'm here. 20, Luke chapter 23 and verse 9. Okay. 8 and 9. Okay, now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad. For he had eagerly desired to desire to see him for a long time because of what he had heard concerning him. And he was hoping to witness some signs, some striking evidence, or spectacular performance done by him. So he asked him many questions, but he made no reply. So or 
You know, when Jesus was asked to perform a miracle merely for entertainment or as a sign of the Messiahship, and we're going to go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, okay. And then we'll start with 38. You see, he didn't reply when he asked him in uh, Luke That's the way you read the Bible. That's the way you go. Two through four. Two through four. All right. And when he went without food for 40 days and 40 nights, and later he was hungry, and the tempter came and said to him, If you are God's son, command these stones to be made loaves of bread. But he replied, It has been written, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he refused. See, the spirit by which Jesus taught authoritatively and effected miraculous healings is not simply power to be used. We are to be instruments in his hands. God will gladly heal everyone who is sick, but he is interested in a more substantial, lasting healing. Amen. That's right. Amen. So thus, in this context, we look at some crucial questions. How do we understand the words in James about the healing of the sick? Is there a relationship between healing and forgiveness in answer to prayer? Good question. Good question, yes. So what interesting contrast is he presenting here in James chapter 5 and verse 13? Let's look at that. James chapter 5 and verse 13. If, if, excuse me, is anyone among you afflicted, ill-treated, suffering, evil, he should pray. Is anyone glad and heart, he should sing praises to God. Well, both dealing with two different things, suffering and cheerfulness. James links them with prayer and praise. Pray when you are suffering, praise when you are cheerful. The two practices are not that different from each other. However, because of many biblical psalms of praise are also prayers, and James began the epistle urging readers to consider it all joy. When falling into various trials, 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And that's in James chapter 1, uh, verse 2 and 3. So you, whenever you're down, you're up, praise Him. If things are going good, praise Him. If things are going bad, praise Him. Praise Him. Yeah, praise if you're going through something, you praise Him. You praise Him. There's no certain time that uh, you praise God. You just praise Him because of who He is. You know, some people wait till good things are happening. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God is good. good. God is, well, God good, is good all the time, all the time. No matter what we're going That's through. That's right. It, it makes some difference when things are bad, when things are good, when things are in between, when things are down. God is still good. Because, see, you don't have to be living to feel either one of them. You can be under the God, under the dirt. That's right. So if you're living, God is good because he allowed you to be here to feel the good, to build the bad, to build the in-between. He is still good. That's right. So when you read James, I'm reading in the Amplified Version, James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Read that in the Amplified Version as well. So it's James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. All right. Let me get over here because I'm trying to do two or three things at yeah. one time. I know. James, <laughs> chapter, chapter one, 1, verse 2 and 3. 2 and 3, okay. Consider it holy joyful, my brother, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Remember, consider it holy joyful. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. That's why he said the time to pray and the time to praise might be more intertwined than we generally think. Amen to that. Amen. You better believe that. It so is. That, otherwise, he said, praise me. Just praise me. Don't, right. don't look for no certain time to praise you. Because a lot of songs are prayer songs. That's right. It's like he's saying, you can praise and prayer at the same time. Hey, amen to that. That's what there's really no certain time to praise you. you see, when well, we, when is Amazing Grace? Hey, that's I, a, that's I, a song, I, but it's a praise, Amazing Grace. If we go to heaven, we're going to be praising every day, all day. That's right. It's not going to be no when we want to. If you're not ready to praise Jesus all the time, you're not meant for heaven. Because that's what we're going to do. We're going to be praising him, praising him, praising him. That's what we're going to be doing there. That's right. Because you know, the word for suffering in James 5.13, what we read, is from the same root as the word used earlier to refer to the suffering of the prophets. It refers to both physical and mental suffering. First and foremost, for the danger and toil of war. So, if you look in Second Timothy, Second, Second Timothy, chapter two and verse nine. All right. For that gospel, I am suffering affliction, even wearing chains like a criminal. 
but the word of God is not chained or in prison. So to, dis to describe the hard apostolic labor that is not deterred by any difficulty or suffering, as Christians, we instinctively turn to God when trouble comes. Prayer is especially central in facing difficulties. For singing or playing sacred music, the word used "casserole" can mean either is also helpful. Because again, singing is much an act of worship as in prayer. Indeed, many songs is prayer, just like us, many songs are prayer. Yes, they are. So how many of us have been depressed or lonely only to have the words of a hymn come to mind and lift our spirits? There are many among us who are suffering or need encouragement and will be cheered by a visit filled with prayer and song. So in Romans chapter 12 and 15, Romans 12, 15, Romans 12, 15. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, she jumped up there on me. Romans in the New Testament. Uh, Romans okay. 12, 15. Okay. There it is. 12, Yeah. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, and weep with those who weep, sharing their grief. That's what he's telling me. That's what it's telling me right there. Amen. I'll tell you that. Oh, so it may lift our spirits too, as nothing else can. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, it, it's, it is great. We must always remember that God is there. He's always there to lift our spirits when we're feeling down. He's always there to uh, lift us up. He's always there to be with us when we need him. He never, never leaves us. He's always, he's always there for us. We, we may not know, we may not feel him, but he's there. He's right there. He's always, when we need him, he never leaves us. He is always there. He tells us he's always right there for us. Amen. We don't know it. We may not see him. We may not be feeling. But like he said, he's always there. Always. He is. See, in the book of Psalms, especially is a treasure. It's a treasure house of prayers and songs that can provide inspirations, encouragement, and direction when we do not know where to turn for help. Amen. Fourteen, fifteen. 
Let's go there. <clears throat> As anyone among you sick, he should call in the church elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. And the prayer that is of faith will save him when he is sick, and the Lord will restore him, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So what are the essential elements that James prescribed for anointing the sick? For one, the, elder, the elders need to come and pray over him, and also all that they use. So the fact that the sick person calls for the elders of the church to come and anoint him or her with all in the name of the Lord and pray express the spiritual desire of the individual and the collective conviction that divine intervention is needed for healing. And so we're going to look at Mark chapter 6 and 13. One thing about it is it's, it's the elders and then they have anointing oil. They have already anointed the oil with the name of the Lord. So okay. in Mark chapter 6 and verse 13, 13, and they drove out many unclean spirits and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. See, the reference to the forgiveness of sin shows that God will not, by means of a ritual, restore a person physically who does not also desire spiritual healing. Remember that. The reference to the forgiveness of sin shows that God will not, by means of a ritual, restore a person physically who does not also desire spiritual healing. So to those who desire prayer for the restoration to health, it should be made plain that the violation of God's law, either natural or spiritual, is sin. And that in order for them to receive his blessings, sin must be confessed and forsaken. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> that. That's a, amen. And that that's what we gotta remember too. That even through prayer, you're praying for those that are sick, they definitely have to ask for forgiveness themselves. While you pray over them if they want the blessing. Well, you know, God like to hear from each one of us. Yeah. He like for you to come to him on your own and ask him to forgive you. He like to hear from you as well as someone else is praying for you. He would like and to know. Right. He would like to hear you come on your own and ask him for forgiveness. That's correct. You know, he would like to know that you are willing are to willing. be safe and confess your sins. Right. He would like to know that you feel guilty for your sin, not okay. someone else always coming to him for you. He would like to know that you have guilt of your sin. That's right, because see, the request for divine intervention and summoning of the elders of the church suggests that the illness is incapacitating and perhaps also too urgent to be done in connection with a regular church gathering. So two different Greek words are used for the sick here. The first is Astadino in verse 14, also used of Darkus, who became sick and died. The second is Camino in verse 15, and this refers generally 
to the patient, but it is also used for those who are dying and, in this contact, seems to mean someone physically worn out or wasting away. So a miraculous healing may happen in answer to the prayer of faith. The desire for healing requires full surrender to God, to God's will, whatever it is. So in 1 John, when you look at 1 John, First John chapter 5 and 14. Again, the uh, miracle of healing may happen in answer to the prayer of faith. And the desire for healing requires full surrender to God's will, whatever it is. So in First John chapter 5 and verse 14. You there? I'm there. I got it. I'm waiting. Got it right okay. Here. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in Him. We are sure that if we ask anything, making any request according to His will, in agreement with His own plan, He listens to and hears us. However, the reference to saving and raising the sick compares to save from death. In James 5.20, in James 5.20, Thank you. 
sings hollow than maybe what you're needing is someone to turn your world around just joined us, you're listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour Prayer, Healing and Restoration Amen, amen, amen. I tell you, yeah we got it working. you know, we, like I said, we had a few technical problems tonight That's uh, what it is, that's what happens when yeah, you do live <laughs> Yeah, when you go live uh, things happen like that uh, but we worked on it and close to the end is smooth out. But you know, God is good. 
All the time. All the time he's good, I'll tell you. Yes, so we're going to start off in uh, Matthew chapter 13. Oh, Matthew was okay. Now I get my mind back here and my wife was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I had but to get know, him back, back on track. Get back over here. <laughs> but I, I got I got to take care of the end of the problem of making things work as well. Stay here too now. Okay. I got you. Right. So Matthew 13, verse 15. Okay, 15. Now. All right. For this nation's heart has grown gross, fat and dull, and their ears heavy and difficult of hearing and their eyes they have tightly closed, lest they see and perceive with their eyes, and hear and comprehend the sense with their ears, and grasp, understand with their heart, and turn, and I should heal them. Mm. So having already in this verse 15, hinted a broader understanding of healing, the, resurre the resurrection, so James makes the connection between illness and sin, the latter being the root cause of all our problems. Not every illness can be traced back to a particular sin, but that sickness and death are the results of us all being sinners. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, if you're full of sin, then you're sick, and you need to be healed. That's right. We all are sinners. Yes. And so if you, if you have sin, you need to see the doctor. And we're you need all to go. sick in our souls. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we're sick in the soul, so we need to go to the hospital to get healed. That means you need to go find Jesus so he can heal you. That's right. That faith in Jesus brings healing from spiritual weakness and sin. Amen. So in a sense, every healing Jesus performed was a parable meant to draw people's attention to their deeper need of salvation. Yes, amen. So in case of the paralyzed man and Mark 2, we're going to go to Mark 2. Oh, Mark 2. Okay, Mark 2. Starting at 1. See, I'm there already. I told you when I take care of that business, I'm <laughs> right on it. So when Jesus had returned to Capernaum, after some days it was rumored about that he was in the house. And so many people gathered together that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door, and he was discussing the word. Then they came, bringing a paralytic to him, who had been picked up and was being carried by four men. And when they could not get him uh, to the place in front of Jesus because of the throng, they dung through the roof above him, and when they had scooped out an opening, they let down the thickly paddled quilt or mat upon which he was the paralyzed man lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, their confidence in God through him, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And put away, that is, the penalty is remitted, the sense of guilty removed, and you are made upright and right standing with God. Amen. I so spiritual you. healing was actually the man's uppermost concern 
which is why Jesus immediately assured him that his sins were forgiven. Yet, it was not physical restoration he desired so much as relief from the burden of sin. And see, that's really should be our case too. We want to be healed sometime in our body, but our soul, most importantly, need to be healed. Well, see, that's my main thing, is my, my spirit and my soul, my spirit being right and my soul being healed, more than being worried about Physical. being sick. Because, see, uh, sickness is going to be left if my soul and spirit is right, I'm going to a place I'll never have to worry about You don't have to worry sick. about that again. See, so that, you're going to have I, a total healing. That's right. I'm, I'm worried about that total healing. See, I want to make it into that side where I don't have to worry about when I'm leaving here. That's right. See, and so I, 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 Jesus wanted us to worry about that. More than anything else. Our real sickness, did it heal? Our see, hearts. Our hearts. See, our hearts are so sick. And so and desperately wicked, who can know it. Right. And we're so worried about this body that he said he don't want no way. No, he don't. That he's going be, he to get rid of this body and give you a what? A, a new, new body. body. Uh, we're gonna so, raise us up incorruptible. I want him to give me a new body with a new heart and a new soul. But I want the new heart first. Yeah, you want And have, then I get the new yeah, body in heaven. Yeah, yeah. See, so if we if, if we keep worrying about this body and being so sick, we're gonna miss out on that new heart and we ain't gonna get no new nothing. You know, you're right, because if he could see Jesus and receive the assurance of forgiveness and peace with heaven, he would be content to live or die according to God's will. Amen. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. See, we have got to allow Jesus to live in this old body here. And right. the world see Jesus now, so you'll be... What worthy of that new body? Amen. See, because healing includes the healing of relationships, that's which right. is why we are exhorted confess your sins to one another Amen. in James five sixteen. Amen. See, cause Jesus gonna want to know what did you do for me here? That's Who it. Did you Everything meet? that we do that's right. is is. How you put it, everything, whether it's good or bad, right. we're going to either come get, you know what I mean, yeah, resurrected yeah, yes. from the first right. and, and to good or be resurrected from the second death to, to the bad. Right. So there it is. So, you know, uh, 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 when God uh, comes, he's going to know. Uh, you know. Who Satan, who saw me through you? That's right. He's going to know that. So we're we going to have to get a body here, whether you that body is sick or not, that they can see Jesus even through that sick body. And you know, you're right, because whatever you've done to, 
any of these you have done unto Christ. Unto Christ. And see, there you go. Good or bad. See, we we so worried about being sick that they can't see Jesus when you sick or healthy. That's correct. We got to learn to let Jesus shine through us. We got to live it. Regardless of how we feel, sick or healthy. You know, we got to live what we preach. That's right. We preach it all the time, but a lot of people don't see it in us. And this is what Jesus... And that's what he's talking that, about. That's what he's talking about. And when we, we see the light of Christ. That's right. That's right. See, you know, people that's really sick, you never know it. No, they never don't. complain. They, you see them, they always say, God is good, and I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. It's the ones that always want pity and want why they know how they feel. And they're not feeling bad, but they want some pity. You know what? Anytime you can wake up and still be in your right mind and still be able to do the things that you could do the day before, mm -hmm. you're blessed. There you go. We're going to go to James 5. James? Chapter 5, five verse 17 oh. and 18. Oh, you, you must love James tonight, girl. Yeah, I it's you. all about that prayer. <laughs> so what do we learn about prayer from Elijah's example? We're getting ready to read that in James okay. 5, 17 and 18. Okay, well, let me get James there. James? That is right there. Right Five, up Seventeen and eighteen. Seventeen, eighteen. Okay. Here we go. So Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain. And no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. And then he prayed again. And the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced its crops, as usual. So these verses illustrate the assurance given at the end of James 5.16. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So Elijah was a righteous man, and even translated to heaven. But he was not a superhuman he had the same passion and feelings that we have. The fact that God heard his prayers should encourage us that our prayers will be heard too. Yes. He, his prayers were heard. Because he's a righteous man. He was a righteous man. And the prayers he had was his prayers that Jesus, you know, when your prayers match with Jesus, what Jesus' will is. He prayed for not to rain. And it didn't rain for three years and six months. That's and right. then he prayed for it to rain, and it did rain. And it did rain. Because when God said, you know, uh, if uh, your will is, uh, you know, he said, Father, if, you, if uh, your will is my will, Father. That your will you be know. done here on earth there as it is in your kingdom. That's right. Uh, you know, Job did the same thing. Every time, every time he prayed, he said, "Let your will be God's will." Right. Jesus said the same thing. He, you know, it was always His Father's will. Whenever you pray, uh, let your will, Thy will, be done. 
And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. That's right. And the Lord asked us, whatever we're praying for, we need to pray earnestly. And that's the thing. We don't do that. We don't do that. We, we pray, get up, that's it. And then we go back, well, God, you didn't hear me. I asked, and I, I, I didn't receive it. No. Well, first of all, are you being obedient? Stuck and all, are you allowing God to be the leader of your life? that guides your life. Your Lord and Savior of your life. That's, That's right. right. And, and most of, like you said, is obedience. Obedience. Walking obedience. in the law of God. Yeah, see, uh, you fall in God. All those men, they were men of God. Mm -hmm. They were men of God. They followed the Lord. They, they, they let the Lord lead their lives. Every day. And, and it didn't, it doesn't mean that didn't make any mistake. No, no, it, it did, no, it didn't. It didn't mean they were perfect men that they made no mistakes. They, 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 they uh, didn't fall. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yeah, that's very true. You know, it may be that he quoted Deuteronomy prophecy as part of his prayer, just as Daniel prayer for Jerusalem. It's based on his study of Jeremiah's prophecy. Now, then that's okay. in Daniel chapter 9, verse 2 and 3. See, our prayers, too, will be more effective when they spring from thoughtful considerations of our circumstances in light of God's word. Now, see what I'm saying? It was, it, it was right in line with God's yes, word, was. which is God's what? Way. That's God's, God's way. Wishes. God's will. Right. God's will. So when, when your prayers is in line with God's will, He said, "If you have not, you ask not, and if you ask in My name, mm -hmm. you shall what? Receive. Receive." So though we do not know how Elijah prayed before his prayers were answered. His petitions were based on careful study of and reflection upon God's word in light of his present circumstances. That's too bad. There you go. It all lined up with God's word. That's right. It all go back to that. It all goes back to mm -hmm. if you praying in God's will. See, we pray in our will and I wait so much and we don't understand why it hadn't been answered. And then we pray selfishly. Selfishly, mm -hmm. right. And then when a lot of things we pray for, God said no. That's right. No, no, Because no. most of the time it's a selfish prayer. Even when it comes to healing, it's always in God's timing. Timing. If he choose to heal you. Right. Now. Right, right. So That's it. This what I'm saying. Again, it's got to be in his will. That's right. It may not be in his will to heal you right then. It may may not, not be in his will to heal you at all. So, not in this life, not in this but life. in the life but to come. You know, amen. So amen still, well, the biggest thing is you keep trusting and having that faith and do whatever God asks you to do, regardless of whether, just like the, the Hebrew boys, they say, I know God can keep me from going to fire, right. but now if he don't, I still, I still trust, trust him. You see, sometimes we have to realize if God don't heal me, that's what 
That's why I keep the faith. That's right. That's why I don't lose the faith. Sometimes God don't heal us or whatever the case because may be. Because our life can be given. The thing is, with what we have, continue may continue to give God glory. Glory. In but other yeah. words, he said, no. Yeah, because he said, if I heal you, Gina, your faith will get weak. Yeah. If I heal you, Gina, you'll go right back out there and then shoot. That's and right. do what you used to do. But so, I'm going to let this storm stay, stay in you. And your faith and will I'll grow. Be, God will get the glory. That's right. And I'll get the glory. Right. And your faith will grow. See, more and more. we can't say the reason God do things, but it's for his glory. That's true. It's for his glory. Just like and you said, as a church, we are seeking revival and reformation, but it must begin in our own, own lives, lives first. And so God knows. On a what, personal and daily basis. And he, and he knows what it takes for that in he your does. life. Yes, he does. So we don't question God and get angry and say, where is God? Why me? So, Lord, I don't know why, but I thank you. That's right. I thank like you. Like Job said, I don't know why you slayed me, but, but yet, yet I trust, I trust you. you. <laughs> but his wife said, why don't you curse your God and die to death? See, Job knew it was a reason, but he didn't know why, but he trusted in his Jesus. And this is the kind of faith God wants us to have. You know, you're right, because God's Spirit worked through Elijah to restore the relationship between Israel and himself. Right. But most of Elijah's work was not on Mount Carmel. That was just the beginning. He carried it forward in small villages and homes and in training future spiritual leaders through the schools of the prophets to multiply his work of revival and reform. Amen. That's that's right. And this people. So he continues to do. If you don't have a relationship with God, this is where the doubt come in. This is where you don't believe God is real. He don't exist. He this. He found all these other reasons except God. That's right. Because you don't know him. You don't have a relationship. You. You don't understand why he's God. You don't understand you find these reasons this exists before God. Where did God come from? All these kind of questions like that. Because you don't have a relationship. You don't know him personally. That's right. Because, you know, we forget the tender and patient work done by Elijah year after year. John the Baptist worked too. They focus on leading people back to the truth inspiring repentance, baptizing one person at a time. So Jesus described his, his work in a very similar term, leading people out of error and back to the truth. Back to the truth. There you go. That's what there he asked go. us to do as his children, as his disciples. Yeah. Well, to lead us all back to the truth. There you go. You know, uh, that, that that's our purpose. Our purpose is yes. to be a light in a dark in world. In a dark, dark world. In a dark, dark world is to be that light. 
And we want to restore people back in relationships and back to the truth. And But see, we as Christians, then God, that's why God is so hard on us. We're not restoring anything because we're so dark ourselves. That's correct. I mean, we, instead of loving, we condemn it. That's right, because the instead, world is for, we got to do the same thing, is to turn our hearts towards God and His people. And instead of building up, we turn down. Yeah, we do. Well, truly, we got work to do, and we got to have patience, sympathy, tenderness, and humility there in order go. for it to get and, done. And God is very upset with us as Christians because we're not doing our job. We're, we're turning people away because of our suffering of judging, finger-pointing, cutting down, backstabbing, talking about everything but showing the love of Christ. And that's why he tell us that we, the restoration starts within us if we want the revival. And then we take it to the building so we can do what God asks that, us to do. And that's why he said judgment starts, starts within the house, the, of God. the house of God because we are biggest fault of darkness not being turned to light. Amen. So we just want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing. Don't move that down. We're going to play a song and we'll come back with email and closing comments and prayer. And we're so sorry we got things starting kind of late. But we did do it. But we did do it. Amen.
Tell you. That's new direction. I'm in love with Jesus. Yes, I tell you that that was a sight song. I love, I, I love I'm that group. I'm in love it's, with Jesus. They they've been around for a wow. long time, and uh, they really have some great music. Yes, they do. New direction. I tell you, new direction. And I love that one we played tonight. Healing, um, um, heal the, heal the land. Heal the land. Was. Yeah, oh yeah, was. yeah. It, that. And then we had Gladys Knight, uh, well, the Peaceful Wallace. Oh yes, yeah. those two right there, I, I really love them. It is so great. Well, we have a great time. We got started late, but uh, that's okay. Things and uh, kind of, you know, technology is something else. Um, it, it works good when it works, but then there's time. It don't. The enemy, <laughs> the enemy gets in it. And, you know, it's just like uh, the enemy gets in it and it messes up. But we had a great time tonight. Yes, we did. And we want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing. And we got closing comments. Christ asks us to become one with him for the saving of humanity. Freely ye have received, and he said, freely give. Sin is the greatest of all evils, and it is ours to pity and help the sinner. There are many who err and who feel their shame and their folly. They are hungry for words of encouragement. They look upon their mistakes and errors until they are driven almost to desperation. These souls we are not to neglect. So remember that. Don't forget to encourage your brother or your sister. And so we'll have closing prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, 
recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word, that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else, while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. And don't forget, if you have any Bible questions or you need prayer, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. Remember, we come on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And have a blessed night.